When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Game You Can Never Win by Brian Young I've been having really strange dreams lately. I'm not sure if they mean anything yet, but something about them has given me an awful feeling. Almost like there's some kind of sign about something bigger than I understand at the moment. If anyone has had similar experiences, I'd love to hear about them. The first and most important thing to note is when I was a kid, I used to frequently have vivid nightmares. There wasn't ever any kind of overarching theme to them, so I never really made much of it other than the fact that my brain really enjoyed terrifying me in my sleep. Ultimately, I've always categorized this as a good thing because I think they've mostly helped me not be afraid of things in the real world. As I've gotten older, I've also learned to not let bad dreams linger in my mind. As macabre as it sounds, I could have a horrible dream so real after I wake up, I question if it was there and still not stress about falling asleep right after. And that's partly why this time around I'm a little bit concerned. For the first time since I was a kid, I'm afraid of what I saw for reasons that I'm still trying to figure out. The dream started off with me in a pitch black room playing what I'm assuming was an N64 era game on a small television. I don't know why, but I think I was nervous about something. I remember the darkness around me felt alive, or at least something tangible that was moving around me. The light from the TV seemed to be the only place the dark refused to touch. I don't recognize the game, but I seem to be playing as a black-haired girl walking around in a forest with no apparent objective. I looked at some trees for a moment before staring up into the sky when I heard a voice. It said something along the lines of, The most terrifying part is that you'll never win. Suddenly I got this feeling of hopelessness and I knew I needed to immediately leave the forest. Outside of the game, I could feel the darkness around me becoming more energetic. Black tendrils began to eat away at the light of the television, and my vision began to blur. The game's music started to blare at deafening levels. Still, I'm determined to do everything I can to steer my character out of the forest, but the ground began to warp under her feet. The force was so great, it shook the screen about and effectively stopped any progress I could have made to get out. Then, almost as if the darkness made its way into the game, a tree root resembling one of the tendrils shot up from underneath the ground and wrapped around the girl. And then everything went calm for a moment. From the bottom of the screen, something appeared with its back turned to me. It looked like a small sun with the texture of the moon. As it rose to the center of the screen, so did my dread. Quickly, it spun around to reveal a wide, toothy smile and small eyes that seemed to mock me while boring holes into my soul. 
And then I woke up. It didn't kill me or say anything ominous, but its mere presence left me in a cold sweat, and the fear lasted for at least an hour. Despite it being almost three in the morning, I felt the need to walk around my apartment and watch some funny YouTube videos to get my mind off the dream. I kept trying to rationalize that the face itself wasn't scary, but the feeling it left me with was something I'd never experienced before. Once I'd calmed back down and laid back in bed, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched, so I flipped my phone and left the screen on to give me some extra light for comfort. I quickly fell asleep and landed in a dream where I was surrounded by buildings. Looking up, I saw firefighters in hazmat suits rappel down from the sky. They pushed past me and began rushing into the buildings. Confused, I tried to follow them, but I was swiftly knocked back by a wall of flame. I looked around again to see all the buildings were on fire, and there was the undeniable smell of human flesh. My eyes scanned the area for a way out when I caught a glimpse of the moon and saw that wicked face smiling down on me, and suddenly I was shocked back awake. I didn't sleep again that night. I was banking on the memory of that face fading, but I could see it crystal clear in my head. I told people about my dream, and many of them told me not to worry about it, but I don't know. I did, and I am. No matter how I tried to rationalize things, deep down, I knew my fear was justified. As I went about my day, I had this strange compulsion to recreate what I saw. I'm not proud to say that I did this. I'm not entirely sure why, but I managed to digitally recreate the face as a 2D image, and I was looking for ways to turn it into a 3D model. It was weird. It was almost like I had an obsession with making sure that this thing made it into the real world and that other person could look at it. This analogy seemed pretty appropriate, given the time, but that's how a virus spreads, right? take over the host and then make the host spread you around to repeat the process. But if it's some kind of virus, then what's the source? I don't remember seeing that face anywhere before I dreamt of it. I think of the one conversation in particular that stuck out to me after I made the image that was one of the friends who recognized the face. She couldn't pinpoint from where, but she swore she'd seen it staring down at her as she tried to sleep one night. It's one of the few leads I have on this thing, so maybe it's worth investigating? I'm not really sure that I should try to get any more involved than I am right now, but I have so many questions. If it really isn't just me, then where the fuck is this thing coming from? As you're reading this, I can imagine that many of you don't see the urgency that I seem to be addressing the situation with. It's just a bad dream, who cares? And if I was in your shoes, I think I'd say the same thing. People have bad dreams all the time, especially someone who literally said they happened to all the time as a kid. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm freaking out too much over what could just be a feeling. But the past week, I've continued to have horrible nightmares, and the worst thing about them is that I'm starting to feel pain in my dreams. A couple of times I've even woken up with bruises where I was hurt. 
Every shitty thing that's happened in my head has affected my senses as if they were absolutely real. I've broken bones, seen people I love die, heard the wails of screaming children, and smelled death countless times. The worst of it was a dream I simply couldn't wake from. It felt like I was trapped for days in a post-apocalyptic city. All I could do was wander and look upon the sheer chaos that had befallen whatever poor people lived there. I know my sense of reality was warped as the barrier between the real world and the dream world seemed to basically be non-existent, but I knew for a fact I was dreaming. Because of this, I thought maybe I could attempt to change the outcome. But I was as powerless in there as I am out here. It's odd feeling bad for people that aren't real. Still, as I walk through the near-empty cities, seeing bodies in various states of decay and others very nearly on the brink of death, begging for their lives, you can't help but feel for them. The sky never changed either. It stayed a morose gray, and it felt like every foot I walked snapped just a bit more of my hope. Never enough to make me give up entirely, but... Just enough to leave me thinking that I could go home just so that hope could be crushed over and over again. I eventually found the forest that I'd seen in my initial dream, but I absolutely refused to step foot in it. I turned around to find literally anywhere else to go, but saw absolutely nothing. My two options were to fall into the vastness of empty space, or go to the place where I'd seen that thing and face whatever consequences lay there. Either way, I couldn't win. When I stayed awake, I was stressed and feared to sleep. And when I went to sleep, hell awaited me. It was only then that the only sensible option was to give up in my moment of absolute realization. The last bit of hope died in me that day. I simply laid down, curled up, and waited. I woke up in my bed and cried. Make of that what you will, but I still think about that specific dream pretty often. As you might guess, the one connecting theme between these dreams was that I saw that damn face in near every one of them. Sometimes not for more than a moment, but it was always there, always watching, always enjoying my suffering. It never spoke to me, but I did hear that voice again after one of my dreams, and it said a very familiar line. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? I'm still putting the puzzle pieces together, but I know that comes from the Majora's Mask game, popularized, of course, by that Ben Drowned story. Maybe this was related to it in some way. Then again... I could have just said that to fuck with me and throw me off. Either way, it's all I've got so far. I need to figure out what's going on, but I'm afraid I'll just end up hurt. Then again, it's not like I can go through this much longer. I've always had this idea that dreams are really alternate realities that you experience while you sleep. Is it possible that this thing is making me experience these other horrible real variations of myself? That would explain some of the bruising when I've been injured, but if that's true, is it possible to get stuck in one of those worlds? And then what happens to you here? Could it be 
from one of those worlds. Maybe that's why I was so afraid to the first stream. Perhaps that version of me knew what that face represented. It scares me how little I know. Something kind of interesting happened when I went on a walk to try and clear my head. A homeless man called me over with a sign that read, Change for Wisdom. After giving him five dollars, he gave me some line about some disease and how I was sick. He claimed that he could smell darkness on me and to not ignore the visions because they're tangible. Whatever that means. He talked about how a guy not from here had seen an evil face. During his dream, he ended up killing someone. Turns out, an actual body was found, and the person who actually committed the murder claimed to have no memory of doing so. Like I said, more puzzle pieces. So far, they lead me to believe that the fact in my dreams are more part of the waking world than I think, which means I need to be extra careful. Then again, it could just as easily be some kind of malevolent force in the real world that's making me see these awful things. If anything happens, I'll keep everyone updated, but now I'll leave you with an image of the face attached at the bottom of this post. And if anyone recognizes it as a face they've seen in their dreams, I'm so sorry. We Always Burn Liars Here by Brandon Faircloth Jackie was a werewolf. Pete was a vampire, though he kept referring to himself as a Dracula just to piss me off. And I was a witch, though admittedly the outfit was just a half-assed modification for my initial idea of girl Gandalf after my older brother Kevin set fire to my beard the week before. We were too old for trick-or-treating or as Pete liked to call it, trick-or-treating. And we knew it, but that was part of the point. After a five-year hiatus on free candy because Halloween was for babies, we'd come back around to the idea that so long as we leaned into it being a prank or a game or a social experiment instead of just teenagers begging for candy that we could just drive to the store and buy, it was cool again. The idea was this. We would drive up to every house, not hiding the fact that we were old enough to do so. Pete and I were seniors, Jackie was home for her first year of college, and between his beard, her tits, and my height, no one was mistaking any of us for children. That being said, we had a rule that we had to dress up in legit costumes and couldn't act weird or assholey when we went up to get the candy. Just polite trick-or-treating as to do anything else could affect the bet. Because... This is where the game part came in. Before we got out of the car at each house, we would each bet whether that house would give us candy or not. The odds were always in favor of yes. Most people might get irritated at older teenagers coming for candy, but so long as we were polite about it, it was hard for them to pass their default position of honoring Halloween customs. So the scoring worked like this. If you bet a house would give us candy, you got one point. If you bet that a house wouldn't give us candy and you were wrong, you lost one point. But if you bet a house wouldn't give candy and you were right, that was worth five points. So long as you didn't do anything overtly rude or whatever to make sure things went your way. 
sarcastic tone of voice was okay. So were fake accent. But you couldn't say or do anything that was really impolite or highlighted our age beyond our obvious appearance and ability to drive up in the first place. No, thanks dude, gotta get back to the wife and kids now, or that kind of thing. In other words, reasonable lying was fine, so long as it was done courteously. When we were done for the night, whoever had the most points got to divide up all the candy, the best of all, they got to pick the first three things the other two ate didn't matter how gross or sketchy, they had to eat it if someone gave it to one of us during the night. Had to have steaks, after all. So far, Pete was somehow ahead. He was a good guesser. He always had been, and it was irritating. I was only two points behind, but it felt like we were running out of houses as we moved further and further out of the dark countryside. That had been part of our plan. Go out to the places that had lights on, but were more remote, as they'd be less likely to have many trick-or-treaters. They'd also be less likely to have candy at all, but most of the houses with decorations and lights on gave up something, even if it was from their own private stash. Jackie was one point behind me, though I still thought her strategy for the evening was dumb. She was voting no candy on every house based on the idea that the five points when she was right would override the one-point losses for the rest of the time. I tried to point out that we were only stopping in houses that looked like decent candidates to begin with, and that always voting the same wasn't really playing the game, but she wouldn't budge. And I hated to admit it, but her strategy really hadn't sucked so far, and one no-candy house would put her back in the lead. That's why I complained when she started turning onto the long driveway at the end of Court 13. She snickered. As she completed the turn and gave me a grin, her fur-covered face green and sinister in the meager light from the dashboard. It has jack-o'-lanterns out at the fence gate with burning candles in them. That counts as decorations and lights. Pete gave a groan. <sighs> Fuck. Winnie, she's right. Jackie had started down a driveway that was paved, but with thick hardwoods on both sides that obscured the way forward as the path curved to the right. Irritated, I shook my head. It's supposed to be decorations on the house, not a mile away at the road. This doesn't count. Jackie shrugged. Well, we'll see then. If the house is dark or has no decorations, then we'll turn around and leave. I'm not trying to cheat, but I'm not turning down a good prospect either. Sighing, I slumped back in my seat. <sighs> Fine. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's not even a house back... Holy shit. That last had been from Pete, and I didn't have to ask what he meant. We'd just rounded the last corner, and instead of more woods or just an empty, overgrown field, there was a large antebellum mansion with brick walls of dark gray and tall, white columns that lined the front like long teeth. We saw most of this from the sweeping light of Jackie's headlights but they weren't the only things lighting up the night. Behind the hulking shadow of the house, I could make out the shifting orange glow of a fire, and up on the porch there were four more jack-o'-lanterns to match the ones out on the road. Jackie turned and gave me a satisfied smile as she pointed first to the glow of the firelight behind the house. Lights, and then the pumpkins on the porch, and decorations. I sniffed. 
I mean, technically, yeah. But does this place look like somewhere we want stuff from? It's dark and creepy. They probably have a bucket of razor blade candy in there. Pete laughed. It's Halloween. This is the kind of house we should be visiting. And isn't the razor blade thing more of an urban legend? Jackie shook her head. No, that happened to my cousin once. But it's okay, because I confidently bet we will get no candy here. I rolled my eyes. What a shocker. Bold strategy there. She squinted at me. If you're scared, just say you're scared. I floated my middle finger around in front of her as I did a wavering ghost voice. Fuck you. Just don't come crying to me when I give you a poison candy bar covered in rat turds to eat. Snorting, Jackie turned off the car and got out. Come on, sore losers. It's Jackie's time to shine. I bet no candy, too. I couldn't see her face as we approached the house, but I could still hear Jackie smirking. Decided to back a winner, huh? Smart play. Won't help you in the end, but I respect you for acknowledging my awesomeness. <sighs> Whatever. Pete, what's your bet? Mm, candy. These people have to be loaded, right? If they're even... The porch light came on as we started up the steps. Home. And then under my breath. Fuck. Pete was already on the porch, grinning back down at us. Always bet on the Dracula. Turning, he walked over and rang the ornate doorbell next to the equally intricate carved black door. Far away, we heard a small bell chime. This was a weird house. Everything about this felt weird. Why couldn't they see that? I was about to suggest we just give up the game and declare Pete the winner when the door's lock clicked and it swung open. On the other side, a dead woman stood smiling at us. Pete must have been right. Whoever these people were, they had to be kind of loaded because her costume was movie quality. Not because it was over the top or really elaborate, but because it was so subtle. The blue dress she wore was faded and curled at the edges with what could have been age or rot, and her skin had a faint blue tinge that stood out in the porch's overhead light but wasn't cartoonish or overdone. The only other sign that she wasn't just an attractive middle-aged soccer mom was her left ear. Her long, dull brown hair was artfully pulled over her ear on that side, revealing a gnawed stub instead of whole flesh. Damn, you look awesome! Pete was right, though it was hard to tell from his lingering gaze on her breasts if he was talking more about her zombie outfit or her generally being kind of hot. Jackie apparently thought it was the latter as she nudged him in the ribs and stepped forward, holding out her briefcase. Trick or treats! I stifled a sudden, nervous laugh. The briefcase thing. Jackie had brought a briefcase instead of a normal trick-or-treat bag. At first, me and Pete hadn't understood why, but once we saw how she was betting against Candy every time, it made more sense. She thought that using something that wasn't Halloween-y or immature would tilt the scales toward pissing someone off so they didn't give us anything. I couldn't say for sure it had worked, but 
at the two houses that had told us we were too old, they both looked at that damn thing. Still, it didn't seem to matter to this lady. She just gave us a soft laugh as she looked at us each in turn. Well, well, I appreciate the compliment, and I accept the commencement of bargaining as well. Still chuckling, she took a step back. I have all manner of treats in the kitchen and will brook no tricks on this holy night. All I ask is that you tell me what you are before you pass my door. She gestured back down the hallway to a kitchen that was dancing with yellow candlelight. I shot Pete a concerned look. Ma'am, we don't normally go into people's houses. She nodded. I understand, but I just finished cooking and I'm afraid I have too large a variety to bring out here. Shrugging, she started to close the door. But if you refuse the offered treats, we can close the... Pete stepped forward. No! No, ma'am. We're happy to come in. He glared at me. Forgive my friend. She's a sore loser. The woman smiled wily at him as she moved the hair behind her other perfect ear. So glad to hear it. Her face suddenly became more serious. Now, what are you? Pete hesitated for a moment and then bared his plastic fangs. To be fair, they were expensive and looked good other than being a different shade than his actual teeth. I, madam, am a Dracula. I expected the woman to laugh or look angry, but instead she just nodded. Very well. You may enter our home. Pete stepped in as she turned like a Jackie. And what are you? Jackie had lowered her briefcase again, and even through the tufts of fake brown hair glued to her cheeks and forehead, I could tell that she was worried too. Still, she wouldn't quit playing so long as one of us kept going either. So giving another small howl, she stepped closer to the door. I'm a werewolf, ma'am. Very well. You may enter our home. The woman looked at me. And you? I started to speak, but something held me back. This... This woman wasn't right. I couldn't say what the problem was with her, and... I didn't know enough to make the others leave, but there was a weight to everything the woman was saying and doing. As though this wasn't some kind of campy Halloween roleplay, but part of something real. Serious. And she was still staring expectantly at me. Hard hammering, I stepped forward. I, uh... I'm a girl dressed up as a witch. <laughs> I was supposed to be female Gandalf, but... My jerk brother burned my beard. The woman studied me for several moments before smiling again. Very well. You may enter our home. Closing the door behind me, the woman led us back to the kitchen. It was massive. Double ovens, eight burners set into a large wooden island, and a long table along one end filled with a variety of cookies and candies and muffins and cakes, along with candied apples and pumpkin tarts and other dishes I didn't recognize. Holy shit. I, I, I mean, dang. We've got quite the spread here. 
The woman chuckled. <laughs> Thank you. We don't give any visitors out here. My boys have finicky diets, so I always wind up overdoing it. But it is Halloween, after all. Please, take what you like. I felt a stab of panic and leaned into Jackie's ear. None of this stuff is wrapped up. It could have anything in it. We can't eat this stuff. Pulling back, she gave me a frown. How's that different than anything else? You think someone can't rewrap candy or inject something through a wrapper? And how often do you try fancy stuff like this? Pete leaned into the conversation. I don't think I noticed your whole I'm a girl just like a witch thing. You've lost. Give it up. Don't fuck up the best meal I've had in like ever. He grinned at her host. So, how much is it okay for us to take? It all looks so good. She beamed at him. As much as you want, of course. There are plates and bowls at the end, so feel free to sample there, and I can make you bags to take with you as well. As I said, I have far too much. The woman frowned as Pete reached towards some kind of potato fritter piled on a platter near the table's edge. Oh, no. Not that for you, though. Pete pulled his hand back and looked at her questioningly. Oh. Sorry. She waved her hand. Not at all. It's just that I prepare these with garlic, and I wouldn't want you to get sick. Pete stared at her blankly for a moment, and then let out a loud laugh. Oh, shit, right. Yeah, I guess I have a selective diet. He picked up a small crystal glass containing what looked like dark layers topped with whipped cream. Is this okay for me, you think? The woman nodded. Yes, of course. Blood mousse with bits of caramelized baby fat for texture. She picked one up and handed it to Jackie. This should be good for you as well. Glancing between us, Jackie picked up a spoon. Sure, thanks. It looks delicious. The woman turned and patted my arm. All the food on the left side of the table is meat-free, my dear. I gave a slow nod. Well, I'm not a vegetarian, but the cookies and muffins look great. I pointed toward Pete as he was eating the first bite of his mousse. But those don't really have some kind of meat and pats by the dark wad under the floor as it began to retch. Lady, what the fuck is in that? When he looked up, he didn't look at her but me, his eyes watery and fearful. She frowned. Just as I've said, congealed blood. Quite a favorite of your kind. He was hardly listening, hawking and spitting as he tried to get the taste out of his mouth without trusting any of the various drinks on offer as a way to clean his palate. On his fourth spit, one of his fangs flew out and landed in the middle of a plate filled with bat sugar cookies. What's that? The woman's tone was icy. Look at me. Show me your mouth. Pete stared at her slack jaw, his lone fang still dangling there. The fuck are you talking about? The woman's expression darkened as she turned to Jackie, who'd set her own moose back down. And what about you? The treat not to your liking? Ma'am, this, this isn't funny. We're just gonna go... Let go! Our host had grabbed Jackie's arm, gripping it hard as she pulled her closer. 
You answer me now. Are you truly a werewolf? Stepping forward, I tried to shove her away from Jackie, but she didn't budge or even look my way as she held my friend tight. Jackie was crying a little now. She shook her head. Of course not. It's a fucking costume. It's not even a good one. And werewolves aren't real, you crazy bitch. Let me go. The woman did as she was asked, after a fashion, slinging Jackie in Pete's direction and sending them both careening into the nearby wall before tumbling to the floor. I moved to help them, but then the woman was in my path. And you, are you a girl dressed as a witch? I could barely breathe as I squeaked out my words. Why? Why are you doing this? Answer me. Now. Yes, yes, I, I, I'm a girl dressed as a witch. She nodded, giving me a satisfied smile. Very well. You have maintained the covenant that your companions have broken. You may pick any treats you like from the banquet table. We just... We just want to go. Go? They can't go. They've broken the covenant, and on a holy night, no less. There would be no falsehoods in this house or in my family's bargaining. Her eyes went to Jackie and Pete, even as shadowy figures began to approach between the flickers of candlelight. One looked like a dragon, another a twisted skeleton, while the third was a ropey mass thick with claw tentacles. The woman looked at them lovingly before giving me a warm glance. My boys. The glow behind the house had been a large autumn bonfire, stacked high with wood and mounds of colored leaves that somehow never fully burned. More long timbers of wood lay to one side, and it was to two of these that the monsters bound Pete and Jackie as they thrashed it and screamed. I think I could have left before them, but I couldn't abandon my friends even if the woman wouldn't let me intervene to save them. I did try once. After that, her firm but gentle grip bore down on me heavily enough that I knew there was little I could do but shake and cry and tell them I was sorry. This seemed to trouble the woman somewhat. As her monstrous offspring finished lashing my friends down, she spoke to me again. I hope this doesn't seem cruel to you. My family's passed through the Imago some time ago, but we're still very old-fashioned. We keep to the ways of bargain and palaver, and... We especially revere Halloween, as it's one of the few times the world drops some sort of its pretenses. I had no idea what she was talking about, but maybe if I talked to her, I could convince her to let us all go. Pretenses? She nodded. That the world is safe, the monsters aren't real, and that the truth that lay in the dark can't hurt you. Despite my plan to calm down, I could hear the angry panic in my voice. We were just wearing fucking costumes. That's what Halloween is about. Why are you punishing us for it? She frowned. Not you, just them. You were honest, and lying is certainly not what Halloween is about. That's just what fearful people have told themselves and taught their children. Another lie. 
her lip curled, the gums around her teeth dark and withered in the bonfire's light. And we always burn liars here. I turned as I heard a fresh set of screams. The horrors at the bonfire had picked up the timbers Pete and Jackie were tied to effortlessly, swinging them up and into the dark October sky before pitching them down into the roaring heat of the flames. I let out one last scream, letting my painful cry feel the void left by the fading of their dying breaths. I squeezed tight, I slumped to the ground, wanting darkness to take me, begging to wake up and realize this was all some terrible nightmare. I felt something shift, both in my head and in the world around me, and when I opened my eyes, the night had turned to day. The remnants of the bonfire were still there, but no sign of any bones or bodies. And when I turned around, I saw the house was gone as well. Instead, it was just a large clearing, empty except for the large pile of smoldering wood, and next to me, a large pumpkin jack-o'-lantern painted black and made of some kind of red-fired earth. Choking back a fresh sob, I reached over and pulled off the stem lid and looked down inside. It was halfway filled with candy corn and chocolates, and resting on top of the sweets was a small note on orange paper. Pulling it out, I read what was written there. Don't forget your treats. Happy Halloween. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed tonight's stories. I know I did. They were a lot of fun to read. Um, they were both really, really interesting. And um, I just, I'm really loving these Halloween stories lately. It's so fun to get into that mood of just cold weather and fall and scary stories. It's uh, it's just so fun and exciting. I'm really, really excited for Halloween. I don't know what I plan on doing as far as the channel goes. Maybe a special super long video or maybe just, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed both of these stories. So let me know what you thought down in the comment section below. And as far as a question for tonight's video, I have one that isn't related to the story at all. Or the video, really. Um, last year, I read almost 60 books and since that point I just haven't read a lot so recently I decided I'm going to try and read again read some more I had so much fun reading um, but I just haven't done it again recently so finally I was able to pick up a new book called nothing but blackened teeth by Cassandra Kaw so far I really enjoy it I'm not that far into it but it made me curious I've read a lot of horror books, and I want to know what's the scariest or creepiest or eeriest book you've ever read. Leave me some recommendations in the comment section below, because I really, really want to get into reading again. I had so much fun doing it last year, and I need to do it more this year. Reading the stories is one thing, but reading a book by myself, just like in my bed or in my office, and really getting engrossed in it is... Is, is, it's totally different. <laughs> so leave me some suggestions below. Um, I'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it for tonight. Thank you to everyone on screen right now. Those are our 
$5 patrons and members, those who continue to support the channel, you can get your name on the screen. If you go down to the Patreon link or the membership link and become a $5 patron or member, I really, really appreciate it. And you'll get videos early. Um, so yeah, thanks so much, everyone. Let me know some book recommendations down below. And as always, take care out there.